Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. What is something you think is overrated? Over it, and this is this comes from the fact that we've been traveling a lot. But hotel towels, Overrated. I always want to say like, okay, you know, you get a nice hotel. This towel should be fluffy and like just ooh, soft. smooth. Yeah, soft. They're but so they're crispy. Over laundered, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're like bleached. So to, which yeah. I understand. I do want a clean towel, but at the same time, it's like it's so it's rough. a little softener. Come on, yeah. Man. Treat us good. Like yeah. I'm like, I'm dry now. <laughs> That's I, me just wiping my skin. It's with weird. The towel. I feel like maybe I had a. There has been an arc. I used to think hotel towels were the apex right. of towel quality. Right. Mm. That's what I did and, too. And but that like I don't know. That was like my perception maybe in the like nineties and early two yeah. thousands. And then as I maybe as I travel more as an adult rather than like a wide eyed like minor who's dependent on their family's money, like right. you start being like, man, I paid all this money for this shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Looks like this yeah. versus a kid, I'm like, I can use nine towels. Right. And I feel like spas, like if you ever been to a spa, spa got good towels. Spas got yeah, the good towels. Or like true. even like some gyms have nice towels. Like, but oh, I wonder, is it like the presidential suite that they save all the nicest towels for or something? Yeah, we that's should a do good an experiment. Question. We should get a presidential suite. Yeah, what <laughs> we should do next one we book a exper- uh, presidential suite just to see what the towels are like. The second yeah. we get there, be like, actually, bro, I don't need this room. Yeah. Downgrade me to the cheapest room you have. Immediately, <laughs> I need my money back or else I'm going to have a panic attack in the lobby. My wife was in Las Vegas uh, last weekend. She was volunteering, knocking doors. Uh, that's not true. She was there for a fun thing. But uh, <laughs> she just switched she, it, honestly. She, she met somebody who had gone for the Tyson Fury fight uh-huh. and had like ordered a room that was like wild expensive at the casino where the fight was. Oh boy. And it was like, it cost what a presidential suite would cost. Uh, it wasn't even in the hotel. It was in a different hotel that you had to like walk through, and it was basically like a towel closet. So that's just something to keep in mind. If if you're ever going to Vegas, it was in Mandalay Bay. I forget where it was. It was yeah, like because that sounds like when people go to Mandalay Bay and they're like, "You're actually at the hotel, which is right. a, a walk on the other side of the property." Yeah, exactly. Um, so watch out for that, guys. What is something it. you think is overrated? Over the gut, everyone the gut. like how you feel. Like right. I, my my whole book is about the uh, expertise over the gut. So I think right. pe- you know I just had an instinct or I just knew like as David Foster Wallace said like the thing that I most intimately know in my gut is that I am the most important person in the exact center of the universe. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a very good point. Um, yeah, and I've heard you kind of talk about this in relation to. Uh, both Trump and Bernie Sanders yeah. and like sort of the populist movement being something that uh, appeals to the gut as opposed to the the brain. Uh, what is that? Is that kind of where you're coming from or is that? Yeah, uh, the, the, the feeling that some other person or group of people are out to get you and that the system can just be fixed if we just get rid of the bad guy instead right. of actual systemic fixes. Right. And that you just feel like something is right and you just feel like you know more than the generals. That that's the stuff that scares me. Right. The oh man, the amount of mis where's the book of mistakes the gut has led us to right. also. Yeah. Just as just as important. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I think that. Do you think that Sanders is equally guilty as Trump, or like? No, well, yeah, no. Okay. I think he's guilty, but no, not at all. No, they're not in the same league, right? Because I mean, I, I see how his sort of villainization of the wealthy could be seen as an easy answer, but it does seem like a lot of his proposals are fairly systemic they're not just some of them are but some of the systemic ones also seem like they're from the gut like when he talks about putting a farmer on the the fed board of governors Uh i feel like we'd have two reasons we wouldn't eat if he did that (laughs) right and and some of his proposals i think are really like the economist he has i think is uh is is very fringy and doesn't believe in the fact that like um you know the higher uh inflation will cause more unemployment. And so, yes, I feel like he has some things from the gut, some of which are that, um, you know, rich people are stealing money from poor people kind of right. illegally in shady ways compared to we just have a system in right. which in which people are allowed to accumulate. It happens above board. Money. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Uh, yeah, it, I'll, I'll be interested to hear your, your thoughts on the Thank Flat you. Earth group. Uh, so I, I'm against them. Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, man. Wow. Didn't see it coming. Huh. Damn it. Uh, no, so there, there's a guy by the name of Mad Jack. Mike Hughes uh, <laughs> who was trying to prove that the Earth was flat by going into space. There, It seems like there has to be an easier way to do that. They've, but, well, every, well, a lot of the other experiments they try end up proving that the Earth is round, and then they're like, well, no, nah, it can't be that one then. Okay. Got it. Like in that Netflix documentary, famously, they did an experiment where they were sending a laser across like a distance that was just enough that you would be able to detect the curvature of the Earth. Uh-huh. And sure enough, that laser was pointing like at an angle right. because of the curvature of the Earth. And they're like, nah, man, this um, this can't be it. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's check it again. Right. And they're like, nah, man, it's it's right. Huh. And then it's like, back to the drawing board. So I guess for Mad Mike Hughes, he was like... I'm going to make a steam-powered rocket uh-huh. and go as high as I can, and then I'll be able to see from up there. That's the deal. I can see the ice wall from here or whatever he believed he would see from up there. Or he could just get on one of those cruises that goes around the world. Right. Well, right? in those ones, there's other things about, like, those cruises are ran by, like, you know, the global cabal of, like, f- like er- firmament deniers who want you to believe right. that the Earth is round. So, like, the the cruise ships will never actually get to a place where you would be able to see what they believe is the edge of the earth. But how do they think you get back to where you started? They, they turned around? They think they turned around. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's a hoax. Man. Australia is a, a country where people fly to. But, it's, a, but it's, it's a hoax. But it's a hoax. With Australia actors. is. Oh, Australia is not real? Australia is not one, real. Yeah. It's actors. You know what? I've, I spent a month there and I think they may be right. <laughs> it <laughs> seemed got some like, evidence. It seemed to... a little too close to right. the Western US. They had a weird. It just seemed like <laughs> I hadn't gone that far. Right. And sometimes they would slip out of their accent just accidentally. Yeah, it was like yeah. a little too like, cowboy. Come like, on, this is fake, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, so this guy, right, he took on Saturday, he went up in his rocket. There's a video of it, and it's just pretty it's, sad. Like, yeah. it goes up. There was supposed to be a shoot that deployed for him to safely return, and the shoot just, I think, deployed incorrectly. No, it deployed right away. Like, as, oh, the, went up as it, it was taking off, oh, like, the initial boy. plume of whatever was propelling him upward was, like, had a torn up parachute mixed in with it, oh. like, as it cleared. And then it just came right back down. Yeah, and then This it just sort of proves down. my theory that rockets don't exist. <laughs> there you go. They don't really work. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. The, the thing was, he was recording, he was doing a new TV series called Homemade Astronauts on what in this article describes the U.S. Science Channel. Which isn't. I don't know which one that is. Yeah, again, oh, I think it, I think they meant because it's from the from the independent in the UK, the Science Channel here in the US. Is there a Science Channel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what they said in their statement is, "Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends during this difficult time. It was always his dream to do this launch, and Science Channel was there to chronicle his journey." Uh, but that's that's tough. I mean, the guy. That's such a weird state. Like you were yeah. making a show. Is this like a real channel that I'd get on if I had a cable box? Yeah. People it really and so they were okay with this? That's not good. That's a weird statement to have yeah. for we we basically capture it and are will probably be exploiting this man's tragic death for our show, Homemade Astronauts. Called. Yeah. The idea even the name is like dangerous. Knife right. catchers. On yeah, right. Science channel. <laughs> right. It's like, right. whoa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Check out the new spin-off, baby knife catchers. <laughs> so yeah, that is an interesting statement from them. Uh but holy shit. They have uh Do lots of people die on reality TV shows like Ice Road Truckers or like are people dying all the time? I remember on, TV? on Deadliest Catch very early on, there was like someone passed away and that was like big news. They went overboard. I think so. Something like, like that. On camera? I don't know if it's on camera during right. production. Okay, someone like one of the crew people. I don't know if crew, but like or people on the boats did. But I don't. Not that like I know that it's like a dangerous path. Like that reality. I mean, reality being on a reality show ruins your life in another way. Yeah. Uh, not in a physical way. But so. it sometimes doesn't. Like I tried out for the Real World London, mm-hmm. and I got to the, the final. Like when they fly you to New York and interview you, and I've interviewed the guy who got my place instead of me. And it didn't affect his life that much. Like, no one remembers that he was on it. Oh, really? It does, yeah, it rarely comes up. It's interesting. That's that really cast was a little bit hard to remember when I think about it. Especially the guy who was kind of like me. Yeah. I like I like how you said, <laughs> like, I met the guy. In my mind, you've been you've been stalking him just to confront him and be like, hey, motherfucker, remember me? You're like, what? Did was he did he look like somewhat similar to you? Was it were they like casting to a type? Yes, they were casting to a type. Did you guys like get along really famously? I never I know I only called him cool. recently for something I was working on. So I yeah. never uh I never met him. So he was like he's a playwright. And uh, yeah, they cast him instead of me because uh, John Murray, when I interviewed him later, told me that he was afraid I'd never get laid. Mm. Wow. Did he yeah. really? Yep. Wow. And cutting. He, no, he, but tell cutting, me what you really but thought. correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the help of a TV show. Which one was it? Uh, it was the real world London. No, but which guy on the cast? Was this, oh, uh, I'm blanking his name. That, see, this proves my point. Mike, Jay, Neil? Jay. Jay. What's Jay's last name? Jay Frank from yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, that's a guy. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, this was a, when I looked through, I'm like, I don't really remember many of the people See? from this. I remember Jacinda. Yeah, that I remember that. Didn't somebody get their tongue almost bitten off in real world London? Or oh. Or thinking about a different one? Forrester. Forrester. In what, but in uh, making out with someone? Or how I does think so. The most really? notable event of the season occurs when a cast member and, when cast member and singer Neil Forrester kisses a male heckler during a performance who then bites the tip of Forrester's tongue off. Yeah. I remember that being. Wait, so he forced a kiss on a heckler and the heckler bit his tongue off? Yeah. That's how we knew uh, Brexit was going to happen. Right. <laughs> there it was. There it was. There it was. I was just, it would be so interesting if you went and like looked at this person's life and it was like one of those uh, longitudinal studies of identical twins where it's like they have like all the same things, like all the same interests. And, oh, like, right. It's like I have three kids and their names are the same as your kids' names too. <laughs> uh, if, if, Real world casting was like that 
But you know, I think this shit. is, I think my theory with the real world not ruining your life is, I feel like those early people, yeah. like the first five seasons, they got away pretty scot-free. Around it was somewhere between a social experiment Miami, and around the Miami now. cast, I felt like the, the temperature started to get turned up on the real world, where we yeah. saw like a lot more like interesting darker shit going on our characters were a little bit more so you think it like, affected so, their lives more or they were just already messed up and well i'm curious about up. like ruthie from hawaii who like yeah. had it was like struggling with her drinking on the uh, show yeah. and even remember afterwards people saying like that lifestyle was only contributing worse to her alcoholism well i it think seems she like have, they started drinking a lot more on the show on the show yeah I don't know. Hey, like look, there was actual. I remember the first season. There was actual boredom where they were like sitting around yeah. and like shooting pool and being like, "There's really nothing to do <laughs> because right. they don't let you watch TV." So they're like, "Something's gonna happen because you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to like do anything besides interact with each other." And so I think what a lot of our instincts are when we're you know forced to be in socially uncomfortable situations is to drink. And if they just provide you with a place and an environment to drink and maybe maybe it's not the best. I mean, I think Ruthie's doing well because oh, good. she's posting, you know, really great travel pics. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. So good she's definitely Ruthie. been to Mallorca in Spain. That seems right. Yeah. What no, is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Oh, well, I run in a pretty liberal crowd and the myth that bothers me the most is that Trump voters are ill-informed and voting against their own interests. And if we just explain things to them, they'll change their mind. <laughs> right. right. No, but here's the deal. Right. Your factory job yeah. is gone. Beca- All right. Your, your soybean tariffs are hurting your... Yeah, right. that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they know what they're doing. People vote altruistically, right? So like lots of really rich people who are liberals will vote for higher taxes. Right. And lots of farmers will vote for soybean tariffs because they're voting for the what they think the country should be. Right. Which is sticking it to the libs and just like cultural stuff. Like, why? Why do you think when when? Because you, for your book, you went down to a town that voted more uniformly for Trump than any other. Yeah, ninety six percent of the county of the highest highest um, percentage of Trump voters in Texas. And what like would you say that that was an experience that revealed something to you about Trump? Yeah, or what they're preserving? Yeah, I think that there's a. Um, cosmopolitan elite that I'm very proud to be part of. Mm. And the way that like I connect to the globe and think about the world is so dystopic to these people. Right. Like when they think about Los Angeles or any city, they think about homeless people and people who don't know their neighbors and people who are looking at their phone all day and only interested in their status. Um, and they just- they, Wait, where's the lie? Right. <laughs> where's, the <laughs> where's the lie? Where's the lie? No, those are all they're accurate. not wrong. Yeah, they're not no, wrong right. at all. But they yeah. see that but boy, as like distill that down to right. They see that as the future of the country, right. and they want to stop that and and restore it to a kind of a what you still probably see in the shrinking rural parts of this country, and it's an existential threat to them. And they do not like Donald Trump, but they have said to me like, if you have a cockroach infestation and you hire an exterminator, and he has his butt crack showing, and he's cursing, but he gets the job done. You hire him. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, famously comparing uh, the diverse population to cockroaches. Yes, no, right. Always that's good. Always that's good. That's when I'm like, oh boy, yeah, okay, I get it. Yep. Cockroach, yeah, you got the roaches here, I you know what I mean? Feeling very that was one of the times I felt town. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. 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 there were a couple yeah, things absolutely. said that I was like, oh, please don't make me write this in my book because you seem <laughs> oh like such God. nice people. Right. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
And we're back. So we have a very strange crime story from Florida. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we, it, we have all the all the little details um, uh, because oh. it's Florida. The headline is out <laughs> what is there. It? So I'm just gonna describe what happened. The apparently this woman she was arrested mm-hmm. because her boyfriend was found in a suitcase dead. And when the cops said they're like, well, yo, what's going on here? She said, oh, you know, we're playing a little drunken game of getting the fucking suitcase. <laughs> Apparently, we're like, they were both drunk and like, I guess, taking turns getting in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. But when he got in, she admitted the, that she zipped the man in the suitcase and then went upstairs and then like woke up like she passed out. And then when she got there, he was dead inside this suitcase. Mm. Um, but that was just the beginning because the investigators obviously like they you know, took her in, Airtight. they take her phone, yeah. they find two different videos that may indicate that this may have just been a murder. So, yeah, not like it's like, you know, a drunken game right. of getting the suitcase went awry. Right. So they said one video shows uh, the man in the suitcase just yelling, saying he can't breathe while she's like laughing. No. Yeah. Um, and she's like laughing at his like screams, and then he's like, "I can't fucking breathe seriously." Wait, he FaceTimed her from inside. the No, suitcase? no, she was videotaping oh, him. It's on her phone. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then, but this is this is where it gets. I don't. Know, this is a little bit darker. So she's saying, "Yeah, that's what you like. That's what you do when you choke me." She said, mm-hmm. "That's on you." Oh, that's what I feel like when you cheat on me. Damn. And they were like, so then the cops. There's a moment. This in the write up. There, the like the investigators. We're like grilling her about it, and then like the line it says, she does admit that quote it did quote look bad, um, <laughs> look, and now guys, she's being charged. I know with this looks murder. bad. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what that means. She is. That happens in yeah. movies, and the people end up proving their innocence. But yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a good thing to say to the police when you're no. being interrogated. No, look, I get it. This looks this really looks bad, bad. But you don't play suitcase zippy uppy, right? This is what I think. Because he cheated on her. Uh huh. Right? She wanted to get him back, or sometimes in there, hopefully, mostly or consensual sex. He chokes her more than she wants, at least it seems like from what she said. So she devised, oh, I'll get in the suitcase, and then he'll get in the suitcase, and then I won't let him out. Mm -hmm. And then he died, maybe by accident, but then she just wanted to not take ownership over any of it. Now it's all falling apart. Or he was like, it was a straight up abusive relationship, and she decided to just off him like that. Come on with that. Lean into that. But you'd think that that. would be explained. It's like, yeah, this guy's a monster, and right. I I didn't mean to kill him, but I was trying to like get him back. I have with him. I'm just trying to think of how like that plan goes in her mind ahead of time. Like, how do you get somebody to right, voluntarily really climb shady. into a suitcase? Because you got to go. That's how But why is it even a thing? Let's see <laughs> like, if we both you, fit in a suitcase. What is the, I guess it's like. I would stupidly walk into drunk. that trap. Yes. You would I'm be drunk, like, if someone brought out a big ass suitcase. Bet you can't fit yeah, into yeah, this yeah, suitcase. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so claustrophobic I wouldn't get in. But the, the I'm I, stupid enough the to principle, do it. The idea I could get suckered into something like, let's see if we can walk across this. Like, yeah, yeah. It it appeals to like stupid human experiments, basically. Yes. And I think too, if like if the woman was like smaller, but he, she was so small in the suitcase, he's like, I bet I could. She's like, I bet you could fit in this thing. He's like, Yeah, probably. Yeah. You're drunk. You pass out. I don't know. It's uh. So w- that 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 story is developing. Wow. That is nightmarish. So the thing that killed him was 
uh, just being Price like, suffocated. No, Price he died of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Do Do you guys have strong opinions on whether it's GIF or GIF? It's GIF. It's GIF. Okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think I think. All right, moving on. Uh, well, that's I been think the show. <laughs> dude who invented it and then went up on the. Uh, Webbies or streamies. Well, no, but I think he like legitimized the GIF stance. Like, I think we were well on our way to just phasing that out. And then people were like, well, the guy who, like, anytime anyone calls it GIF, they're like, well, the guy who invented it says it. So that's right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's obnoxious. Yeah, Yeah. that's obnoxious. And it's an acronym in the first place. Right. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Graphic inner something. Graphic interchange format. format. Graphical interchange format. And there's a hard G in graphical. <laughs> right. So it's not graphical. It's certainly not, Miles. Giraffical interchange. That's a whole new pun. On- GIF is already a thing. It's yeah, already a type those. of peanut butter. But the way he said it, right? So in 2013, maybe he was on a tour. I don't know if this was the moment you were there when he said it. But he was just out there saying, like, it should be pronounced GIF, like the peanut butter, mm-hmm. rather than a hard G. Okay. I've. It's funny. Early on when GIFs first came out, I remember hearing it both ways because I just don't like, but this was before like there was enough internet talk about it. Like you could just grow up with the bad habit of hearing somebody say GIF and you knew it as that. I heard it as GIF. I preferred it based on what I saw now. uh, And I think also too, it's important because GIFs are like part of our digital vocabulary now. Like I know people who don't even use words anymore. Right. (laughs) They only speak. They only communicate through GIFs. Right. Um, so Giphy, which is that website that basically we get 99% of our GIFs from whenever we're like, it's built into so many apps and things like that. The they are, you know, teaming up with GIF, the peanut butter company, to <laughs> oh, fucking <wait>. put <laughs> an end to this debate. Okay. And what they're doing is they're selling like things, jars of peanut butter with the G on it oh, instead amazing. of the J, but that says GIF animated looping images hard g okay uh so the press release is kind of funny too it says we're we're teaming up with giphy to put a lid on this decade-long debate and prove there's only one gif it's creamy delicious peanut butter not a looping picture you can send to make friends and family laugh wow uh this was from the vice president of marketing of gif and it says if you're a soft g please visit gif.com if you a hard g thank you we know you're right I had to read it like that because if you just said to somebody, you a soft G or you a hard G, (laughs) you got to say it like that, homie. Yeah. I mean, this is good marketing, but it's also, they're on the right side of history. I would love for the owner, though, to keep this debate going. You know what I mean? Yeah, just as as far as he can, just push it, just push it. I feel like he, and he would probably be like, oh, excuse me, I think I would know I invented it. But (laughs) that has nothing to do with what, how people are processing yeah, language changes uh, just based on like what your intent was in the first place. That do- that doesn't matter to any of us, right? Uh, it shouldn't matter, and to- unless it's somebody who is like in a weird little pedantic rut or something. Pedantic rut. Wow, uh, cutting, yes. cutting. Uh, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Um, this is something I, I realized recently, and I-, I don't know why I have to constantly like explain myself before i tell you but something that like scared you as a child um or like freaked you out because you didn't have like a good enough understanding or context of it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't do the same as an adult even Mm. when you've grown and you've learned and you've read and you've got all this context for things because i've been having like a tough month so and my mom is so she's like a devout muslim woman Mm -hmm. seems so at goddamn peace Mm -hmm. all the time nothing 
nothing can un- unwavering. Like, no, yeah. she's always like, hey, you know what? I it just, just know that I, there's a plan for me and everything's going to be okay and I'm going to make it and whatever happens, happens. Which, when you're like young, that's infuriating and you're like, you don't get it, mom. Right. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, God, how, how do I find this peace she has? So yeah. she was like, I don't know, like, look at the Quran again. I don't know, like, read something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Try and find something that you enjoy. Like, And again, she's never really pushed Islam on me because... It's kind of her own thing. Like, my dad's very secular, so she's never felt the need to be like, you have to do this, because mm-hmm. it's almost as if she doesn't want me in her, hang out with her girl group. <laughs> anyway, she does. She has, like, a Ladies. straight, like, very, like, intense, like, group of, like, Muslim friends, and they do Quran study every Friday, and right. they, like, it feels like a party sometimes where, I, like, I've been at home and walked in. My mom's like, can we help you? And you're like, oh, oh. All right. okay. <laughs> you kids be good now. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> Am I lame? Yeah, she's like, okay, because we're doing something in here. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I, and as a child, I flipped through the Quran just casually trying to like yeah. learn, read, and it freaked me out. There was just so, I think just like the, the practice of like the certain thing, like the ideas that they put forth that you would like have to like apply and like think about. It was too much for my like my little like six year old, seven year old. Any religious and, test, text yeah, is like that for a was, child. Or maybe even I was like 10, I can't remember exactly, but. It really freaked me. I had like nightmares. Like I was scared mm. the jinn was gonna come get me, or like it was like all this stuff that I didn't understand to create enough context to understand. Like no, it's just like a, it's it's not like a creature that's coming to get you. It's it's just like a yeah. We internalize whatever. these sort of right, and and then I I looked at it again because I was like I'm gonna try and find some peace, and um, it kind of it didn't sit right with me. Was I don't it, know. It wasn't there was the some certain. It didn't hit as much where I was like, a creature's coming to get me, you know? It right. was more just like the the things I was reading, I, I, I it didn't sit right with me. And and it's not that I'm like saying like, like you know, Islam Quran is not for me. The Quran is not for me. But like, I, I didn't know how to take, it felt so real and so like rooted. And like, it was just like some, I almost felt like I was being like, like I was, um, being invasive into a, a religion that I wasn't allowed in because I didn't have I, my mind wasn't open enough. Like it really, it it hit mm. me in a way I wasn't expecting. Where I was like, I might. One, I was like, I'm not pure or good enough for this. Like I don't feel like I should be allowed to even like apply any of this to my life. It was mm. a weird thing. Like it was maybe a little bit more of a mature reaction, but it still hit me in a way that unnerved me. Sure, like right. I was like, oh, like I I'm just so set in my ways now that it's going to be very hard for me to start internalizing any of this because I, everything i'd be like what <laughs> what you're doing that as you read <laughs> yeah, yeah like <laughs> just I, out loud my reactions to it were um a little unnerved and I, I think i just i i wasn't raised in it so i i don't know how to take it in and i think it also like yeah. kind of freaked me out sure well i think it's also like you know on one level we have to be open to things and i understand right. too like when especially reading any kind of religious text i think if i picked up a bible now after going to like Lutheran and Catholic schools from kindergarten to 12th grade, there would be something I would feel slightly disingenuous because at the right. time I was never really engaging in, it in any, like I had no beliefs that were rooted in it. Um, but I think there's something too, like it sounds like you're at a point too, where you kind of, you, you're looking for a new way to sort of take in your life experiences. And I think right. that's always like the most stressful times we have, at least for me personally, are typically when I'm on the precipice of some kind of sort of shift in my thinking or perception. And that's typically when we're at the most anxious because everything we were using to sort of make sense of the world isn't quite giving us the same 
level of security or like base of yeah. anymore. And so it sounds like you're on the point of a breakthrough. Mm. <laughs> you know, and for, for $14.99, you should buy my tapes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I think it's, I think that's important. But yeah, also recognizing too, like, you know, you're, you're, we're all looking for a new ways to process our experience too. And sometimes we have to let go of new things, develop new ones. Yeah. But it's a process, you know? I think what, what yeah. you were saying about like feeling like you were walking in on a party that resonates with me. Like, you know, having been in recovery for a few years now, I think a lot of what people replace like substances and like things they used to use to like get out of their own head right. with is like spiritual stuff, like spirituality. Uh, yeah. I know f- for myself, I used to use like alcohol and, you know, other things that I don't use anymore f- to achieve some of the things that like people use like spiritual things for now. I think there's like something connected there. Right. And then I think it's just hard to think your way out of anything that's like mental because like we don't have access to 90% of our mental processes and like we're inside of them so it's just hard to I always say like I feel like we're uniquely bad at judging our own selves and our own minds because it's just we don't have the perspective like that's what that's what therapy is so like trying to solve a problem like you're having or like you know just think your way out of something that goes back to like how you were raised and like your childhood is just so so difficult well and we're also taught to like think about a problem to solve it right it's like i have a problem so now i will think about it yeah and now i have completely my thought process has been completely taken over by obsessing about a problem right because it's like a habit of being like well that's how you solve it you think about it but it's actually not the way to solve anything right like there are problems that i think that maybe have some kind of process to it that you can solve by being like oh, this bridge has collapsed. How do we solve? You can solve that. But if it's sort of like, holy shit, man, like, uh, you know, especially for me as like a creative or something, right? You have fucking uh, imposter syndrome or some shit and mm-hmm. you, you go, man, fuck, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I, Let me think about this shit. It's at that point, you've only, you've only surrendered all of your energy to magnifying your problem. You're actually right. not solving it. You're, you're expanding it right. exponentially and it's making it even harder to get out of because the solution has become think about the problem right. rather than, okay, this problem exists, but there is a way to pivot to what this, how I move past that, how I solve that, or yeah. acknowledge that the problem exists, but then bringing in other energy into your thought process of like, but I'm doing these things right. right. So that might, that might be in one way, but I think purely obsessing about our problems is a bad habit we have, which is sort of born out of how we're not really told about our own like mental, emotional hygiene. Right. It's just sort of like, yeah, you got a problem, fucking obsessed about it. Yeah. And then Yeah, uh, that and I feel like um sometimes you forget that like an outside perspective is necessary for someone to like stop you from spiraling in a way. Oh, for sure. Be oh, like, well, sure. I don't see it that way. And you're like, wow. That's why I gotta listen to these Tara Brock meditations, mm-hmm. man. You know what I mean? You gotta look inside yourself, recognize that shit, and also realize that that's not me. That's a thing happening in my experience. But it's very easy to then replace a problem by somehow that being like your identity or your existence is that problem. And it's yeah. not. I actually uh, prefer the Tara Reed meditation. Um, that's also, that's all, yeah. She has some interesting things to say. Amazon has opened the human less 
grocery store. Yeah. Uh, better than a human grocery store where you buy humans, but still, mm-hmm. uh, this feels a little bit post-apocalyptic. It's called the grab-and-go concept. Yeah. I mean, they had the other one, like they had that um, convenience store. Yeah, in a few right. places uh, like where it's on like all monitored by cameras, right? So it's basically that same exact vibe. Where like you sign in when you walk in, you walk so they in, know you. scan your QR code yep. from your Amazon, Amazon tattoo that's on your, the base of your skull. <laughs> when they walk in, they scan uh-huh. you in, uh-huh. um, and then from there, like what's they so you know, same thing tracks your movements, knows when you pick stuff up, immediately starts calculating it. Once you walk out, boom, it's it it, it just charges you. Um, they do have some people there, obviously, like stock the shelves and like answer any questions. Um, but you know, like the, the thing is, that has more than like those convenience stores that are mostly just like snacks and shit. Right, right, this right. is like you know, full on produce and all kinds of other stuff. So you know, get your meats, your beers, what have you, mm-hmm. and walk out without having to interact with a human. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's 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 the selling point. But it's that's the death. Yeah, that's the death of us. It's interesting, like, one of the ways, to, like, most effective ways to torture a prisoner of war is, like, lack of human interaction. Yeah, isolation. Yeah. 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 And now we're, we're just integrating it into our life. Yeah, it's like, well, it's cheaper, man. If I can just pay, build these cameras I'd to rather. scan you. I still go to the yeah. bank to despot, deposit checks. On a, you don't use a mobile app? No, fuck no. I want to go out and talk to somebody. On a moment-by-moment mm. moment basis, it's hard for me to realize that I need human contact. Like, I think I would... Like fall into this trap. Very I know that's easily. the sad thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Like that's why we're all like it's super comfortable and gives you something to do. Like just like your phone. Like you just like look down at your phone uh, instead of interact with someone. But do you ever wonder that? Like head. at a party, you're at like a you know we usually have a lot of them around the holidays and things you know, we get invited to and stuff like that. Oh, I'm constantly at parties, bro. And you say to yourself like. I'll just get up, you know, I'll get up if I don't know anybody here yet or the people I do know haven't shut up. And then I think to myself, if this was 1994, mm-hmm. right. what would I do? What would I do right now? I guess I'd either stand here quietly and then maybe I'd end up talking to someone or I would just go talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I've tr- I'll try to do that sometimes yeah. because you, you can just run away into your screen. Oh, it's so And then easy. you're unapproachable. Yeah, of course. Right. I think it's, I've I've really tried to like, do that less because I realize how easy it is to avoid even like thinking mm-hmm. uh, yeah. by just going to your phone immediately and be like, you know what? Like if I'm waiting for something or if like sure. I'm in a line, it's so easy. Like, oh, fuck it. Let me right. open something up and read something, whatever. Right. Versus like just having your phone in there and be like, I can, I can handle 10 minutes and then just kind of look around, yeah. take shit in, yeah. maybe talk to somebody, think a little bit mm-hmm. and not, it, not having it be such a, not that it's terrifying, but a thing where it's like, I'd rather not. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? I think it's 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 about trying to make that less of a reflex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, stores. it's terrifying when somebody walks up to me. I go, Oh no! Oh, oh no! no! Oh no! Oh no, no, boy! No. <laughs> You're gonna love this grocery store. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! They're looking at me. Oh jeez, Jack! Don't blow it. <laughs> and you this say all this happens out loud. Yeah. 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 Uh, sir, uh, your your pizza's ready. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh. Oh, oh, man. That was a close one. I hate it, Jack. Uh, Make sure you're still in here and you're still talking yeah. to us. Uh, all right, let's take one more break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Nick, do you have a dog? I do have a dog, Cheetah. Cheetah. The most beautiful dog in the world. And we, of course, know about Jamie's dog, yeah. uh, Sunny. Sunny, Sunny. All right. 
Sonny yeah. is a dog. Sonny is a dog. Sonny, uh, well, Sonny, yeah. Sonny came on stage at my show last night to tend to, to endorse Biden again. <laughs> and it's frustrating because it's hard It's hard to get stage time in this town. And that is hilarious. People just come on, they start endorsing <laughs> Joe Biden. And I'm like, well, great. I only had, you know, nine minutes. <laughs> and he fucking used eight of them. So you were just Joe doing stand up, and and Sonny kind of barged on. And yeah, I was right at, at the theater my boyfriend worked at, and he was upstairs, and Sonny just marched downstairs and fucking took the mic. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and he started to get people really excited about, about the Biden campaign <laughs> as well. He kept saying, uh, "Pete is a radical. He must be stopped." And people mm. agreed. People agreed. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Wait, Pete is a radical? Yeah, that's Sonny's new platform. Pete is a radical. Pete is is too far left. Pete has gone too far this time. I mean, I wonder, like, at the Pete campaign and at the Klobuchar campaign, if they, if their, you know, war room is just them talking shit about, like, the other. Like, Amy Klobuchar's whole strategy is focused on Pete. And vice versa. Well, she's a, she's a terror behind closed doors. Right. Amy there's, Klobuchar. Yeah. Oh, God, They're that, so mean to each other. The clip, I, I, it's like Battle of the Centrists. It's right. wild. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It, that that look that Amy Klobuchar shot whatever staffer she was going to snap the neck of <laughs> and like eat for dinner after she didn't remember the name of the Mexican president. Was oh, you mean right. President oh. Lopez Robobor? <laughs> <laughs> Love him. Oh, Pete was Pete was like, I knew it. <laughs> You're right. Like, of course you did. Pete's great, uh, Pete. You're anyway. perfect, aren't you? Anyway, Sonny says Pete's a radical, so Yeah. Um Well, anyways, there's a new dog owner poll. A rover.com poll is out and um I don't know how revealing any of this stuff is, but it revealed some things uh to some people about uh dog owners. The study shows that sixty five percent of dog owners admit to taking more photos of their dog than their significant other. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, well, because your dog never says, oh, no, I look terrible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Delete it. Yeah. Um, 94% of dog owners consider their dogs to be part of their family, um, and 56% greet their dog as soon as they walk in the door, usually before saying hello to the rest of their family. (laughs) Well, if anyone else would jump on my face as soon as I walk in the door, they'd get it first, too. The dogs are cheating. Man. <laughs> when you think about it, dogs are the only burden that are fun. I like. I like my, <laughs> how, what a big burden are... my dog is. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to my Rover fam. We did an episode for Rover, and I'm a licensed, registered Rover walker. Wait, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Nice. It's uh, not worth it. There- no. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert on that episode. Don't do that. <laughs> what? Just too much of a pain in the ass? No, it's just not worth, yeah, it's not worth the money. And then like sometimes, I had a woman uh, do a little too much heroin oh. while I was in the middle of walking her dog. Oops. And I had to uh, lie my way into the building and then find the landlord and then get her her door number, and then go and then knock on her door a bunch of times before she finally answered. Oh, no. And she's like, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, I have your dog. And I she's saw like, you 15 minutes ago. She said, oh, are you mad at me? No. 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 <laughs> and I said, I'm probably not getting a tip. Huh? Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Holy shit. No good. Wait, had you just seen her? Like when yes, you picked no, the dog Yes, no, I saw her. Up? She was perfectly fine. 
Um, and then you know she was not on heroin. Right. And um, and I, then that, when that I came change back, pretty quickly. Yeah. But I was texting with her, you know, beforehand. Right. And then afterwards, I was like, "Hey, I'm back." I texted her, and then she texted back, "Wrong number." Oh really? And I was like, oh, what's like going can on? you look directly above this? And then message? when I knocked on her door, there was another dog in there just barking very loudly every time I knocked it's on her, her door. Dealer. And then she said she said to her dog, Shush. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Her I think she tried Terrible. to give me a dog. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, she was like, Fuck it was a new own. dog. I don't know what her story was, but yeah. it involved heroin. Dogs yeah. can deal drugs. Yeah. That's dogs just a fact. Can. That is a fact. Yeah. Uh, those are drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He. He needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.